Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Stephanie Hupka, a chapter past president and a member of the pod squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. And I'm Christina Eanes, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications. We also have Helena Hodges, our Vice President of Finance and Operations, as our producer. For this episode, we are interviewing speaker, consultant, trainer, and humor columnist, as well as the author of 15 books, Christy Atwood. Welcome, Christy. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh, we are so happy you are here. I mean, I am I am thrilled we are going to get to talk about succession planning today. But before we get into that, we would love it if you would tell us a little bit more about you to share with our listeners. Oh boy, mm, this should scare them all off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, Everyone's turning the yeah, volume up. <laughs> okay, so I, I took the scenic route. To talent development. Um, I started out in radio and TV and, and writing and stuff like that. Took a little side trip to the entertainment world. Was really bad at most of that. So I came back and I started working <laughs> in association management, which I was executive director of a couple of trade associations. And, uh, and a big part of what I did with those was always training. I loved working with that. I would never give that part up. And so finally ended up realizing that I just wanted to put my full focus into training. And, uh, and yes, yeah, since then I've been consulting, facilitating, basically speaking to any captive audience I could get. Note, never ride <laughs> in an elevator with me. Uh, and yes, I've written, <laughs> I've written a lot of books, 15 books. Uh, the latest one is actually, okay, I have to say this. Though, this is kind of exciting because the la- latest one is actually being considered for a Pulitzer Prize at this time. So that would be kind Ooh. of a neat thing to see that happen. Uh, it's not a training book though. So, you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Well, you you still have to tell us oh, what okay. it is. It's called Calling Home, and uh, and it's just kind of it's exciting to have that being considered. I mean, you know, they oh, they could wow. be actually using it to hold up a table leg, but I don't care as long as it's in that <laughs> office. I'm a happy person. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, what an honor! <laughs> so, yes, that is incredible. Congratulations, so, and 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 basically, you know what I do? I, I like to remind people is. We are all actually in talent development. I don't care if you're not in the field. I don't care if you don't have a job right now. If you don't, then that means that you're just in the research phase of it. And that's where we all are. So that's kind of an exciting thing to keep in mind. I love the philosophy behind that. And I think you are absolutely right. Everyone does find themselves working in talent development. That really is one of the the best parts about the field in a lot of ways. Everyone has a role within talent development. So today we're going to talk a little bit about a specific part of talent development. We're here for succession planning. And I have to tell you, I'm especially excited about today's conversation because just before we joined together to hit record and get this episode started, I had a conversation with my husband. And he was telling me that a colleague of his left his his employer not too long ago. And they have been struggling for the last few weeks to figure out what she did, how she did it, what system she used. And he said, I wish there were a a way that we could prepare for this kind of thing. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, yeah, that's, wow. that's called succession planning. And he said, well, he what? said, wait, there's, there's a term. <laughs> there's an actual term for it. And I said, not only is there a term, I'm about to learn more. So 
he he may not be alone in this. I'd love to start at the beginning. How do you define succession planning? And maybe a two part for this one. Why is it so important? Oh. Why is it so important to all of us in the workplace? Please, please, thank you for saying it's important. <laughs> I keep uh, that's what I keep. Yeah, I, I preach it every day, and still, you know, I, I've come up against walls sometimes. Um, but succession planning is—it's not some hidden secret handshake that some people know. It is basically just planning ahead of time, knowing that your people aren't going to stay forever. So what you're trying to do is create these opportunities for people to learn how to grow up into those leadership roles. And in fact, all of the roles in your in your organization, being sure that you see what skills are needed and that you help people develop those skills. And that's the very gist of it. I mean, a lot of people say it's having the right people in the right place at the right time. I, I think it's a, a lot bigger than that. I think it's more just making sure that you're thinking about the future, and that you are helping your people grow to fill those roles. I think that is so important to think about, that future forward focus. Yes. Um, and, and the reason why it's important, oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Every day, we see the results of people not doing succession planning. We see people who decide mm-hmm. not to work for our organization because they can't see a clear path, you know, a, a path to advancement, a, a career map. We see people who leave. Oh, it's so sad when you see those people who leave not even knowing they were being considered for an advancement, for a promotion. Oh, yeah. Oh, that breaks oh, yeah. my heart. Um, or, or people That's the worst. who are frustrated because they don't know what skills are needed. And, and so they don't have a chance to develop those skills. And the saddest one, of course, is what your husband's dealing with, okay? Uh, The whole thing of people who walk out with all this organizational wisdom in their heads, Mm -hmm. and we haven't taken the time to find other people to try to soak some of that up before they leave. And so we end up starting back at the beginning again instead of building on our history. So how can we not think that's important? (laughs) <laughs> I I think the way you've explained it, if you're not leaning forward right now thinking, what do I do about this in my own organization? This Well, let, let me go ahead and, and ask a question. What are some of the core components and steps that go into an effective succession plan? So for all of us out there thinking, yeah, we're bought in. We understand now that this is valuable. Where, what are some of those steps? What are some of the things we should be thinking about when it comes to succession planning? You should sit at your conference table the next time you have a meeting, and you should be looking around and saying, how many of these people might not be here one year from now, two years from now, three years? And those are the ones you better be starting to think about a succession plan on. So the things that we do is we assess positions. We look at the different positions we have and say, which ones are in the danger of losing people? And so some of those are the ones that we want to focus on first. Uh, we look at the, the skills that are needed and how they're changing because we know technology every day is changing the specific skills that are needed. A couple of years ago, we would never have thought virtual facilitation was going to be a major skill that we needed. And now we see, yeah. yes, it is. So, We have to be thinking about all of these things. The steps that we go through, we first, we just look at the organization and we say, okay, where are the areas we want to focus on? Where are the the gaps that we have that we could lose people and we would not have the knowledge, the skills for somebody else to move into that position? And, And taking the time to look at those 
taking the time to do an organizational analysis to see what skills are strong and what skills your top performers have is a great thing to consider. Stopping and saying, you know, what are the capabilities that make people outstanding in our organization? Are they the people who are most flexible? Are the people who have outstanding communication skills? Are they the linear thinkers? You know, all these kinds of things that we have to think through to try to figure out what's needed in our organization and what's strong, what, what we have already. And so when I, when I start thinking about the doing the whole succession plan, yes, there's a lot of analysis at first, and that's what runs a lot of people off. But let me tell you that you can start in a small scope. You could start small by just looking at a couple of positions if you want, or you can start totally differently. There's some organizations I know that immediately go to uh, doing competency analysis where they start seeing what are the skills, the capabilities that people need to have. Um, so there's a lot of different routes that you can go. The, the basic steps that we do, we analyze what we have and what we need. We I, I identify the, the possible high potential people that we have in our organizations. We look at the people who might be retiring. We evaluate, we implement a plan to try to start helping them develop the specific skills needed to move into those positions. And we continually update it. We continually look at it and say, okay, what's working? What's not working? And, and evaluate, adjust, and keep going. Because it's, it's a never-ending process. Yeah. I almost imagine as you were talking, this being done at pretty much every level in the organization. You know, like people looking around on their team, who am I going to lose? And, and at every level. But is there a particular area that the responsibility for this falls? Or is it really across the organization? Or, or what is That's one of the things that, that we like? have a challenge with. Because a lot of people think, oh, this should be the HR department should be doing this. But HR yeah. can't do this alone. And besides which, do you want somebody outside of your team trying to decide exactly what's best for your team? <laughs> I mean, no. you know, I, I know <laughs> I want their input because as facilitators, they're great, but you've got to be willing to be involved too. Because think about it. Everybody has that one person, that one Susan. Oh, she is so outstanding. If I just had five Susans, my department would be complete. Well, why not take the time to stop and say, what is it that makes me say I want five Susans? What are the specific skills that make me say this is my ideal employee? Why not start looking at that and developing that and developing ways for your current employee workforce to develop those skills better? And, and it's just yeah. something that we can all keep in mind. Um, you know, and I was thinking, too, as a oh, no, sorry, no, no, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> Oh yeah, as a leader I was thinking it was also my job uh for succession planning for my position. I actually yep. chose someone who I thought would work well and trained him up to do my job before I left. What do you think about oh. the accountability landing within the individuals leading? Man, I too? love that. That's our that's the level 5 leader, right? From good to great. Mm. Uh, and we don't have as many of those as we need. If we have a level 5, yes, they are definitely probably thinking about that because they want things to go even better after they're gone. Um, and that's a challenge because we know there's different personality yeah. types in the workplace. And there's ones who are probably going to be defensive. If you start asking them what they do, they're going to think, what? You're trying to get rid of me. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. I know. What's your you game? Know? And so, so we, have to, <laughs> we have to be really careful the way we present this to people. Um, but, but yeah, I would love to see leaders more involved in it. I would love to see it at all different levels. The thing that I keep trying to get people to understand is, 
I mean, when I start talking, that's why I kind of get scared talking about all the the stages and the phases and everything because it sounds yeah. so <laughs> big. And that's why Overwhelming. I really want people yeah. to understand that I don't care what your organization's doing right now. You have already implemented some of the aspects of succession planning and you don't even know it. I mean, think about it. Okay. Hey, <laughs> is your orientation program good? You got a nice onboarding thing? Bam. You have just started out with your succession planning because that's where wow. it all oh, starts. Nice. How about, do you do any cross training? Got any informal mentoring kind of going on? That's part of it. Mm. Uh, do you delegate wisely? If you do that, you're not only developing employees, you're getting a chance to test drive their skills and see how good they are in those leadership roles. So you're, you're doing something there. Um, look at your performance evaluation sessions and your performance planning sessions. And then that is an integral part of succession planning. And being able to work on that and continue to make those better is a part of succession planning. Um, and after a major project. Do you do a debriefing? Do you sit down and go through what's, you know, what worked, what didn't work? That documentation becomes part of our succession planning because we're creating the the documentation for people to learn more about those positions and those activities. So, um, you know, we think we don't have time for succession planning, but the truth is we're already doing it. So (laughs) just taking time to to analyze those positions and skills, uh, evaluate what skills are going to be needed. And invest the time to be willing to work with your workforce, develop their skills, show them that there is a future for them and that you're not always going to go outside to get new people to fill in those holes. There you go. You've got a good working succession plan started. It is so nice to hear you talk about succession planning in a way that even if you haven't yet put that term on it, you may actually be further along in that journey than you might have expected. And I'd actually love to return to where you started with this this part of the conversation. A lot of people think that succession planning belongs with someone or with a team, Mm -hmm. HR, for example. Mm -hmm. How do you build buy-in for succession planning? What does it look like to bring people along on this journey and help team members or potentially even managers or executive leadership understand the value and the purpose so that they have that support behind a succession planning effort as well? I bribe mm. people. Um, no, 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 no. Okay, no, not really. Uh, no, I, I accept it. <laughs> um, is there anything wrong with that? No. <laughs> we do what we have to do here, right? No. Exactly. No, it's... It is a really tough process sometimes, especially I've worked with a lot of governmental agencies. Oh, ouch. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. So getting that buy-in, it's getting a lot of people in the room at the same time and, and taking the time to explain it simply. I, that's why I wrote a book on this, because I thought everybody is teaching this in these really excuse me, highfalutin terms, and uh, and they're using all the buzzwords. They're using all of this to explain it. I wanted to write something that explained it to people in a very simple way that anybody could understand so they'd realize yeah. this is not something that is out of their reach. So yes, mm. I've had lots of meetings where I've had all levels of the organization. Some of them, we actually had to back up a little bit and do a little work on Mm, psychological safety, the trust, you know, things like that. So we actually had to do some other things along with that. But a lot of it was in the way we communicated and we kept communicating. We never let that stop. I found that um, 
in the absence of information, people will automatically assume the worst. And so uh, they, oh, they yeah. stop hearing things and they're like, oh, great. They just decided to get rid of all of us and start over again. So instead, taking the time to say, here's where we are in the process. Here's what's going on. Hey, we want your input. And oh, man, we asked for input at every stage. And, and we found that the great way to get input on it was to have food somewhere attached to it. Uh, we would always, we would <laughs> always have a room with I mean, at the very basic with one group we had a room with flip charts in the room asking them what skills they thought were mo- most needed in these certain positions and all. And we would always have food in the room. You know, of course, I'm from Louisiana. We think food is really, really important in everything. So um, not alone in that. <laughs> But but we would a lot of work has to be taken when you consider the culture of the organization you're working with. So it has to be addressed in different ways. And a lot of times it takes a little time to build um, the confidence in what they're hearing about, because, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, great. They found a new buzzword and now they're going to make our lives miserable for a few months and then they'll forget about it. And uh, and and we would we don't want that to happen. So. A lot of getting that buy-in is getting people at all levels to understand and having people involved from all levels, not just the top levels of the organization and not just the HR department, getting people involved so you get their buy-in. I love that. So it sounds like, uh, so we've already identified several mistakes that could occur, Mm -hmm. you know, when trying to do succession planning. What are some some major ones other than the ones we've discussed (laughs) that you'd like listeners to know about? Um, I have seen some organizations that did not have that foundation of trust and immediately mm. the the program was seen as something negative. And yeah. I, I have seen those organizations that just pretty much had to shut it down and start over later, you know, because they did not have the trust there. Um, I've seen organizations who have gotten, um, they've gone into that battle that a lot of people do about whether they should tell people that they're being considered to move up or not. And, and the challenge there is, okay, you have to be sure the other people know that doesn't keep them from being considered. It just means that this person is being considered and you still have a chance. And uh, I've, like I said, you know, I've seen people leave because they didn't know they were being considered because some some organizations don't want to be as transparent with the process as they could be. So those are things to keep in mind. Um, it's just, it's, it's really interesting. Um, a lot of organizations are not as far advanced as associations. And that's funny because I came from that association background and you guys know, you got mm-hmm. an ATD chapter. Yeah. You are so <laughs> yeah. far we ahead. Sure do. You are so far ahead of most <laughs> Business structures. Think about it. Okay, you have a leadership yeah. pipeline, right? And, and I know mm-hmm. that's partly because you don't want to stay in that office forever, but it's also because <laughs> you realize the importance of carrying on and, and building on the knowledge that you've started so your chapter doesn't have to start over every year. And and so absolutely you, when you know when you when people join your chapter. You look around and don't you say, ooh, look, that's a good one. I bet they got some leadership <laughs> potential. Let's get them in here. Get them on the board. Get them on the board. We uh, corner yeah. them. <laughs> and, and that's your story. Then you got, you keep your past president around because you're still getting information. You're still trying to soak up everything that you might have missed that they know. And then you got your president yeah. running things, but the president-elect is right there and they're watching and they're mm-hmm. learning everything. You create 
this wonderful pipeline and this wonderful succession plan in the way you're organized. And, and if we would realize that that is the same model we need to be using in business, we'd be a lot better off. Mm, absolutely. Are you ready? Uh, Stephanie, are we ready for rapid fire? No. I really hate to end the conversation, oh, but I think I we know. are. Oh my gosh. I have it's learned already been so 20 much minutes, today. I know, I know it. I know it. Yes. I think we are ready. Okay. 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 So at the end of every episode, mm-hmm. we like to ask our guest rapid fire style question. Questions. <laughs> so each question requires less than 60 seconds to respond. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. I almost feel like I need like one of those air horns or something, you know, you to, do. or a, like a, yeah, like a race you do. gun or whatever. Dun, dun, okay. dun, 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 <laughs> there dun. we go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so here we go. Give us one book that everyone must read and why. Okay. I read a lot of books. So chances are you see, this would be a recent book that I've read. And one of them that I've read recently that I just loved soundtracks from John Acuff. It's subtitled The Surprising Solution to Overthinking. Um, huh. and, and this, okay, it's not actually surprising. It's, it's you know, it's really, it's just mainly a wake-up call kind of book um, because overthinking and, and getting locked into soundtracks that are running in our heads from when we were kids even, uh, even when they're not yeah. true anymore. They're outdated, but they're still running in our heads. It's a huge uh, a, a step that holds us back from where what we could actually be, and it's really it's funny when you think about it. Okay, if I asked you, um, okay, what is you know what what are some things that have gone wrong for you? I bet you could name a lot. I bet you could. I, at some point, you probably go to the spreadsheet. Uh, but but if we asked you, <laughs> if we asked you to talk about the good things, we're a little slower to do that. And that's partly mm. because of these soundtracks we have in our heads that remember all the bad things. And so this book, it's kind of simple. It's just telling us, it's guiding us going through spelunking sort of and, and figuring out some of those outdated soundtracks that are running through our heads and replacing them with positive ones. So it's not as surprising as the title might say, but the thing is, John Acuff, oh my gosh, his his writing is so funny. It is so hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's like reading a stand-up comedy routine with a good message. So, uh, and, and that fits it. in because my, my uh, mission in life is linking laughter and learning. So that just kind of g- goes along with it. So, uh, so I, I, I really think soundtracks is one that people really enjoy. Oh, wow. cool. And then how do you spell a cough? A-C-U-F-F. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's written cool. a, a bunch right. of them and they're just... He's really got a funny style. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I love, can't I love to, humor. Yeah, I yeah. just can't wait to read. This sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what is one tool you can't live without? Questions. I know that sounds kind of weird, Ooh. but that's all I could think of was because no, of the No, that's awesome. It, for me. Great answer. I believe uh, the, the, the quality of the... The information we get in life depends upon the quality of the questions we ask. I love what if. I think that is such an exciting thing to be able to say. And and being willing to ask questions and and not be defensive about the answers, I think that those are some of the strongest things that we can do to keep learning. And to me, keeping learning is really important because I'm old and I don't want to be outdated. So... (laughs) 
Okay, so, so I want to keep learning. And oh man, something that I've really gotten into recently is Socratic questioning. Uh, Socrates yes. had that whole, you know, that whole list of, oh, I just love those. Things yes. like, you know, asking mm-hmm. real questions like, why do you think I asked that question? It's, it gets you to think about <laughs> thinking. And I love that sort of thing. Yes. So questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> Oh, as a facilitator and former coach, I totally, yeah, I'll totally in line with that. <laughs> so what is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? Okay. This one's strange. Um, start at the wall. Okay. This is from mm. my, uh, my father. He, uh, he passed just a uh-huh. few years ago at 103. And in that time, wow. he learned a lot of things. And he always said, start at the wall because when he was young, Electricity was just coming along in the houses, you know, and so they got electricity in their home. And so he was the one who always had to fix things because appliances were not reliable back then. And so the one thing he always learned to do was go back and start at the wall. Started the power, kind of like the IT guys tell us, you know, have you tried turning yeah. it off and on again? <laughs> so uh, he always did that. But but the thing was, he started, he said, you know, you go back and you see where the power is and then you work your way forward. But he said it was also for other problems. It wasn't just for that. He said, when there's a problem, you don't focus on where the problem is. You don't focus on where the log jam is, all of that stuff. Instead, you go back to the point where it was working well and you build forward Mm. from there so that you're not fixated on the problem. You're still thinking about how to make it keep going like it was. And, uh, And so that was his thing. Always start at the wall. And it served him well for 103 years. So I'm still using it. Oh, I'm hearing another book. Maybe <gasps> <from the>, Uh-oh. <laughs> book yeah. 17. Ooh, anybody yeah. else want to co-write? <laughs> Start at the wall. We're, there you go. we're right here. Okay. You know where to find okay. it. It's a deal. It's a deal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just love that. So... I, and I got to say, Christy, I have loved every second of this conversation today. Agreed. Thank you for bringing such energy. <laughs> and I got to say, too, for making succession planning feel approachable. I am so excited yes. to take this episode and have my husband be our first download <laughs> for us because there is so much to take away. I just I can't thank you enough for bringing all of us into this journey and helping us understand our place within it. So. What a wonderful conversation today. Thank you so much for letting me be here. I've loved visiting with y'all. Oh, this has been yeah a, a true joy for all of us. And of course, you know, from Chris and I, a huge thank you to all of you in our ATD community for listening. And before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Are you interested in partnering with our chapter? For more information, visit dcatd.org forward slash partnerships dash sponsorships. Follow the Metro DC chapter of ATD on LinkedIn today.